0: This is the 60-Minute Time Limit Pro Wrestling Podcast with Tommy. Hang on to your butts. We might go the full uh, 60 minutes here. Taco.
1: I want some fucking beer cans. I want
0: a bong. I want some bowls. <laughs> I want this fucking a line of weed on the fucking table. I want chips on the table. And Joe.
1: Weird question. Is Jinder Mahal a cruiserweight?
0: That's right, welcome to the 60-Minute Time Limit Podcast, the podcast that is promised to be equal to or greater than Wrestlemania. Uh, (laughs) My my name is Tommy Stryker, Uh, joining me today is Joe over there on the phone. How's it going, Joe? What's up? Uh, Taco could not be here today. He is uh, having liver issues and uh, could not make it. Much, to, much to our our chagrin, after everybody missing out on last week's show. Joe, I, I got the cold a couple of days before we were going to record last week's show, and I was so disappointed because there's so much going on right now. It's like uh, it's just, so much. It's like it's like you know what a week it's been. So much to talk about. I, I just I, all I wanted to do last week was talk double or nothing and best of super juniors. We were still in the middle of that and 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 creeping up on the finals slowly but surely. I was like I I I, uh, I did a, a pickem contest for voicesofwrestling.com dot com and I was like the number one guy last week in in the pickem contest. I ended up losing because I picked Shingo to win the whole thing, but I don't care because I'm so into Will Osprey. So <laughs> I see and I'm. I'm in love with
1: Shingo. Ah, after that match I saw in the little bit that you or the one match that you showed me, yeah, what, like two weeks ago, like I love his just brutality in the ring.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's he's a he's a great uh, he's he's a, he's a great wrestler, great uh, a presence, and uh, yeah, just his in ring just being super solid. Uh, they booked that guy so well since coming into New Japan uh, last fall. He was you know. Uh, undefeated or whatever in, in New Japan and in the uh, tournament and here comes the superstar Will Ospreay the uh you know going into the tournament had you know all the momentum behind him or whatever and then caught a little uh snag in the middle of the tournament Looks like he needed some help to to get to the end and El Fantasmo took a couple of losses and and lo and behold there's Will Ospreay at the end of it so yeah, I just I thought it was yeah, awesome. Yeah, I
1: mean, that mat, that finals match, too, like, oh, like, everything was on display. Uh, I love Shingo grabbing his foot and flipping him, but flipping him so hard that he
0: can't land on his feet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and that, Well, and that was a the theme of the tournament, too. Like, uh, I, I think I said it the last time we podcast, just watch... All of Will Osprey's matches. If, if you're looking for what matches to watch, you're, you're picking and choosing. If you just watch all of Will Osprey's matches, you're going to get some good matches there. Uh, and maybe I'll go through and... Uh... Oh wait, you know what? We're already talking the wrestling here. We didn't start the time limit. Uh oh, sixty-minute 60 time limit. I, w- I was going to start with some banter and get into the time limit thing, but let's uh, since we just jumped right in here, we're so excited. Ring the bell. There we go. Now we're officially underway there. So we'll get you got you got you get three little extra minutes here of uh, of uh, the time limit today <laughs> on the Good
1: bonus minutes,
0: right? Right, because we jumped right in. We're not sticking any format or anything here. We're just excited to talk about. We don't got time. We don't got time. We don't, for that. we don't because there's so much to, to get into. Yeah, there's just no time to to screw around.
1: But yeah, well, um, and obviously we started with the Super Juniors.
0: <laughs> yep, yep. We just jumped right in. Uh, but yeah, Osprey, all of his matches, like one of his featured spots now, ever since the match with Kota Ibushi at the Tokyo Dome, is like flipping out of uh, of a signature move and landing on his feet. And so that was in play, of course, the the Shingo match. I think my favorite thing. About the Shingo match was just the the overall story of this undefeated guy, excuse me, undefeated guy, and Osprey who had to kind of come from behind to make it to the finals, having awesome matches with everybody. Fucking Osprey had a had a pretty decent match with fucking Doki. Doki, Doki, Doki. <laughs> so. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't believe it. this guy can have a great match with anybody. So, uh, and here he is in the in the finals with, uh, you know, the great story that they told where, uh, like, I think I talked about it on the last show where uh, everybody wanted to see Osprey get his revenge on El Phantasmo, and then they had the match finally. And uh, El Fantasma up and beat him anyway. So Osprey needed El Fantasmo to take a couple of losses towards the end of the tournament, and so he was like Rocky Like the, his next match was Rocky Romero, and of course Rocky Romero and Osprey are both in Chaos. And so uh, Osprey's like Rocky, I need you to get a victory for me, buddy. I need you to 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 <laughs> equal out. We need the King of Sne- Sneaky Style. To, uh to, to come up big and, <laughs> and uh that was like the next night another Corican and hall match those Corican hall matches it kind of in the middle of the tournament were just so hot just great crowds and uh and yeah rocky Romero pulling off the victory on el Fantasmo and then a couple of other let me get my my super Junior bra- uh results out here just so I can Remember, there was a couple other... Yeah, I'm interested in who beat him at the end. Yeah, uh, well, fucking Taguchi beat El Fantasmo. Uh <laughs> fuck, Taguchi made it to the finals. That's the other big story here, is that uh, he kind of went on a, a hell of a run and and made it to the finals against Osprey. Did you see that one, Joe?
1: No, I did not, but I'm going to find it now.
0: Yeah, I mean, that was the, 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 the B-block final. And, again, that was like a, a four-star match, too. But, yeah, El Fantasma, who came in hot, nice big push, brand-new Bullet Club member, He his losses were to uh, – oh, wait, I'm looking at – I'm sorry. Hang on here. I was looking at – Man. Yeah, uh, he, he lost to, yeah, Taguchi to – Rocky Romero and Yo. So Yo's been getting a little bit of a push. He's you know him and Show are the junior tag champs. So kind of towards the back end of the tournament here, Yo's been picking up some good wins uh, uh, along the way too. So a little momentum for him uh, going. Yeah, I didn't out of the see nearly as
1: much as you of the tournament. I basically saw the uh, actual finals, and that's pretty much it. But after seeing everybody talking about the final i just like i need to see this match
0: yeah you know i i i feel really lucky i was able to actually keep up i watched all of the singles matches and uh quite a bit of the chunks of the undercard stuff too i kind of you know sped through and looked at results and stuff uh but uh for as far as just the undercard tag matches or whatever uh, but, yeah, I, I was able to keep up and, for the most part, stay uh, spoiler-free. And, and I, I got to watch all the matches. And my fucking predictions, like I said, were pretty damn good. I had, uh, let's see, uh, uh, the entire tournament, uh, the, or the block tournament, uh, I have, uh, what was it, 60, 70, uh 73 matches I predicted correctly. Jesus. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Again, I'll try to keep the coughing and stuff to a minimum here on the show, but, uh, you're doing uh, what you can. Yeah, I'm doing what I can. So, uh, but yeah, uh, uh, I don't want to say it was a predictable tournament, but there was, uh, um, but some of it, some some of it was, but that's not necessarily a bad thing either, because you know, they told a great story with the tournament, with the Phantasmo thing and the Robbie Eagles thing, and him kind of button heads with Phantasmo and Bullet Club, and uh, you know, obviously the the undefeated thing with Shingo. I, I, I put this out on Twitter right before the the final match with uh, with Shingo and Will Osprey. If Will Osprey doesn't beat Shingo tonight or today or whatever it was. Who does? You know, is he... uh, uh, Yeah. Like, Dragon Lee's the the junior champ right now. And Dragon Lee's great, don't get me wrong. But for me, and maybe this is just me, because everybody loves Dragon Lee. uh, But Dragon Lee just doesn't connect with me on, like, an emotional level. Like, his selling, to me, lacks. Like, it doesn't draw me in. It doesn't draw me in emotionally to the match. And when he makes his comebacks, he looks great. But the selling element, for me just isn't there with a guy like Dragon Lee. And again, Dragon Lee's great, but the guy's like twenty two years old or something like that. He's so young. And so he's just Got gonna to
1: all the time in the world.
0: Yeah, man. He's just gonna get so much better as uh as we go along in this thing. I didn't realize he was so young. Oh my god, yeah, the guy is just he's young. He's uh he's Rush's or Roosh's uh uh brother, I believe. Um and I can't remember who their other brother is um well and it's just anyway just thinking
1: about it it's like when we started watching will Offspray, like originally when he was just really getting popular i mean how old was he then it's like see what can happen in that matter of time, you basically give Dragon Lee that same amount of time, and let's see where he goes.
0: Right, ex- exactly, exactly. So Dragon Lee's going to get there, I-, I believe, but he's not there yet. Uh, but again, Dragon Lee, I don't see Dragon Lee beating Shingo. I don't see, the only other person I could see beating Shingo would be Hiromu Takahashi when he finally comes back from his injury, but then you've got the, the, the they're both in Los single Bernabé's thing, so that doesn't really Work either, so I thought Osprey was the the perfect guy to beat him because they just, oh, I just I've been loving Will Os. I mean, obviously I, I've enjoyed Will Osprey for years now, ever since he started uh, in uh, New Japan. But going back to like just last uh, september or so right around the time when we stopped doing our our other podcasts actually <laughs> uh but right around that time it was like he just went to another level for me like when he started challenging ibushi and started kind of hinting at doing more stuff on the heavyweight side of things i was just like yeah man this i i really dig what this guy's doing and and his trajectory and the stories they were trying to tell with him going into wrestle kingdom and what they've done with him since wrestle kingdom and uh, going back to the the this this uh, best of super juniors finals match with uh, Shingo Takagi, just have him having to you know pull out all the stops to win the match, I thought was just such an awesome story arc in the match. You know, he hits the os Cutter a few times. And this is this is one of the things I love about Will Ospreay is that he he evolves not only as a wrestler, but you know he he uh, ups his his finishing move. Uh, game, right? So the os cutter doesn't work, so he has to try a bigger os cutter and then if that doesn't work, he's got to go to the the hidden blade, and then just to add add icing on the top of the cake, then he's got to hit the Uh, storm-breaker.
1: Which I love as a new finisher for him. I didn't know he was doing that. I just heard him say that they were going for the storm-breaker, like, ooh, I'm interested to see where this goes. And then, yeah, I, I love the finisher,
0: dude. He had a he he had a, a he he a match with Jeff Cobb where he hit the Stormbreaker, and it was fucking awesome. <laughs> so, and he's actually he actually pinned Cobb. I think it was a, it was a tag match. I think yeah, because it was leading up to the MSG match where Osprey lost the Never title to uh, to Jeff Cobb. Yeah, so it was in a tag match prior to that. He pinned uh, Jeff Cobb with the Stormbreaker. So. But uh, yeah, That's awesome. But yeah, I love that move. I love that vicious back elbow to the head that he calls the uh, the hidden blade. The fact that he came out with a fucking a samurai sword in a, you know, obviously yeah. in the sheath. He's like, he's coming out with a hidden blade. sort of or whatever, but to symbolize that he was the dragon slayer or whatever. I thought that was just fucking awesome. So I will say this one thing I, I haven't heard I didn't I don't know who
1: the new guy that's doing with uh, play by play with Kevin Kelly, but I enjoyed him so much. Like he was so over the top for this match; it was amazing.
0: Yeah, he's a he's an Australian guy. God, I can't remember his name off the top of my head now. But he's kind of a Bullet Club guy too, so he's always behind Bullet Club, and he'll kind of. I mean, obviously Bullet Club wasn't in the finals here, but, uh, um, but uh, <laughs> I just found him entertaining. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I hear you there. Uh, what do you think here? Do we want to stick with uh, New Japan? Should I run through some uh, some of my recommended matches from like the last couple of weeks of uh, Best yeah, of Super Juniors here?
1: No reason to not suggest to somebody.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Like, uh, I'm not gonna go through the whole tournament. You can go back to the last podcast and hear what I recommended up to that point. So I'll go from pretty much the last time we. Uh, <laughs> Last time we talked about uh, Best of Super Juniors as we get the 10-minute update there from the uh, the ring announcer uh, there. Uh, I'll yeah. just stay on cue. <laughs> like I said, that Rocky Romero versus uh, El Fantasmo match, that was up there for me. Uh, Robbie Eagles versus Will Ospreay, uh, where Robbie Eagles defeats Will Ospreay. Uh, maybe I shouldn't spoil these, but uh, uh, but that was uh, that was something that um, uh, well, uh, eh, the tournament's already done. Don't worry about I it. I suppose, I suppose, but yeah, a really good match there. It told the story of basically El Fantasmo needing Robbie Eagles to win, but Robbie Eagles not wanting El Fantasmo's help, basically uh, and wanting to do it on his own. So that was another uh, theme through the tournament. I mentioned the Doki match. That was, I mean, not nothing to really go out of your way to see, but fucking Doki in a good match. You know, that's you know, that's that's not, nothing to uh, shake your fist at there. Uh, the uh, of course the uh, the A Block final, uh, Taiji Ishimori versus Shingo. I oh, excuse me, I'm uh, starting to lose it here already. <laughs> yeah, but I, yeah, I it's okay. I had that one just a little under uh, four stars. Uh, but, and, and uh, I see, uh, I saw a lot of other people go higher than that. Um, uh, I'm going to clear my throat here cause that sounds really gross. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> okay. I'm going to try to remember to edit that out, but we'll see.
1: <laughs> It'll be funny
0: if you don't. Right. <laughs> Hang on here. Okay, but yeah, Taiji Ishimori and uh, Shingo in the uh, uh, on the A Block side of things. Ishimori had a hell of a tournament too. Uh, he was, you know, he's the former champ, uh, just a really great uh, wrestler in, in his. I'm own I'm glad right. he's staying in it too,
1: as well. like I I thought they would drop him really fast after he lost the title, but it seems like they've kind of stuck with him, and he is a good g- contender still.
0: Yeah, and it looks like they're going to have him teaming up with uh, either Eagles or Fantasmo and go for the junior titles now, so Uh, We'll look for that going down the road here. Uh, And then, of course, B-Block Finals. uh, Ospreay Taguchi. That's one to look for. You get some silliness from Taguchi here, but the match is built really well. Good late intensity from both guys. And uh, underrated here. Uh, Go out of your way to watch some of these, like the post-match promo from Will Ospreay in this one. Same thing for the finals. Uh, Watch the post-match stuff with Will Ospreay. Fucking just a passionate superstar he's super over in japan he's moving to japan now he announced that after the match and that got a huge pop from the crowd so not only is he like a big western style star or you know british and and american uh a star because of the english speaking thing he's super over in uh japan as, as well and now he's moving there so that's you Know that's a, a, a big important thing there, so so that's kind of just a few of the things that uh, stuck out last couple of weeks at the well, best of super juniors. One thing I can
1: say, I can say about the super juniors tournament and noticing from you know kind of watching like the tournaments, I've found that the super juniors tournament tell a lot of really good stories like in the tournament, yep, whereas the G1 really sets up a lot of stuff like. After for after the tournament, you know, with certain people beating certain people, so yep. I like that there's differences between the tournament. You're excited for different reasons.
0: Well, and what Ghetto, the, the guy who books New Japan, is really good at is kind of switching things up a little bit from year to year so they don't become entirely predictable. Um, so, you know, you think he's going to book this thing one way, and it kind of goes a different way, so uh, I, I do like that, although the more and more I do these predictions, I'm getting better and better at predicting what Ghetto's going to do, so at some point, it's gonna be like you know what I just kind of want to watch this play out because it'll be more fun that way. But uh, it for me it, it is still fun to fill out a prediction and go through match by match and like oh okay I got this one right oh I didn't get that one right and and just keep score as I go along. It's just it's kind of a, of a, of a fun uh, deal for me to do. Um, it's just
1: like filling out a scorecard at a baseball game. It's right,
0: fun. exactly. That's kind of exactly that's how I uh, kind of. Uh, uh, Equated to. Uh, uh. <laughs> uh, what do you want? Where do you want to go next? I want to come back to New Japan and, and talk about Dominion uh, and some G One climax speculation. We got to
1: talk about Dean Moxley,
0: right? Right, I mean, John John Ambrose. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh You I get uh, well. You I, the only match you didn't see from Double or Nothing you told me was the main event where where uh where moxley came out and attacked both uh jericho and uh i mean obviously i saw
1: the clips of that after the fact but yeah but just i i mean getting a title
0: already that's awesome yeah yeah and oh my god that
1: match (laughs) i mean it was a completely not new japan style
0: match but
1: like i enjoyed every second of it
0: well, I, I like uh, who did who did I, who was I listening to? I think it was Meltzer or somebody like that was saying that he's kind of doing like a Terry Funk, Bruiser Brody style in in New Japan, just brawling and violent and and mean. Like this is a completely different uh, 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 wrestling style from what we saw out of Dean Ambrose in WWE you know?
1: Yeah, everything is completely different, even just the gear, like the fact
0: that seeing him actually
1: wrestling in shorts and like boots and stuff, it's crazy.
0: Yeah, I I, I, I thought the same thing, like it almost looked like shooter style because he's out there in like uh, just wrestling shoes and, and then he's got the, the trunks with the knee pads, of the, cause, but like the trunks almost reminded me of like an MMA style trunk almost, you know?
1: Yeah, like Matt Riddle.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I was like, th- he's kind of got the shooter look going on a little bit, so I, I dug that uh even though he's just a fucking violet you know brawler or, or whatever uh,
1: but uh, and seriously when is new japan gonna invest in some better tables <laughs> it's been years now they've seen what could happen they've seen what wwe can do at least that's a little bit safer <laughs> like they just sh- you know they just sh- shatter apart there's no chance of that but they're the hardware is gonna take out like kill somebody someday
0: <laughs> well one of the things i actually got a kick out of uh, at uh, double or nothing was the fact that they were kind of using almost the japanese style tables at uh, at double or the, the more solid uh tables or, or whatever like they imported them from japan or, or whatever they weren't using yeah. those, the flimsy banquet tables you see it at, uh, at all the wwe and indie shows what, it's funny what some indies are doing now because those tables are getting uh, harder to come by, and I think they're, they run about forty bucks a pop. Uh, uh, now some of the indie indie shows are just buying like those hollow core uh, interior doors. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and they're using yeah. they just prop them up on a couple of chairs or whatever. So, uh, but that's that's pretty funny there. Hey, just keeping it going. But yeah, fucking Moxley, he's all over the place, dude. I it's insane. He's a huge star. Uh my god. The- I loved him yelling at red shoes.
1: <laughs> like the entire match. He's taunting red shoes.
0: Well, and fucking biting Juice Robinson, going for the hard way blood. Uh, I don't know if I'm if you're gonna do blood, you might as well just do what Dustin did and do a blade job. But I mean, more power, I mean, whatever. It just it added to the drama of the match, fucking Moxley biting him in the head, trying to fucking elbow his eye and and you know get hardway blood and stuff like that. Uh but yeah, I just I just thought it was a great intense match. And I gotta play. The fucking the uh, uh, part of the uh, the Juice Robinson promo from after the match. It's just he's so intense. Like Juice is trying to completely change his personality, right? He's kind of known as as a bit of a goofball. You know, he comes out with the dreads usually. Now he's sh- fucking shaved off the dreads, which was like his entire personality. Yeah. But apparently, he's trying to be more serious or something. So that's kind of what he's going for there. But uh, I just love this post match deal from.
1: You were all fucking right. All right. Everybody was right. <laughs> How do you feel good? You feel good? I hope you feel good. Pat yourself on the back. Alright, you crowned him. You, 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 you crowned him two weeks ago, and you were all right. Thanks for believing in me, world. Thanks for hoping for me. You called it just like it went. He beat the shit out of me. What does this look like to you, huh? What does this look like? I'll tell you what it is. He fucking bit me, <laughs> he fucking beat, bit
0: me, and he- but yeah, it, it goes on and on, you can find the uh. It's on the NJPW world and on their uh, YouTube channel too, but. uh, I'm going to have to watch that whole thing. I need to
1: see like his reaction, like his face when just,
0: he bit me. (laughs) He bit me. Yeah, he's, he's great. He's passionate. He's, he's fired up. And uh, right after they show his promo, they show uh, Dean or uh, Dean Moxley, (laughs) John Moxley's (laughs) promo. And it's funny. You can tell that the, that the, the, it's in a backstage area and usually uh, they're, they're Opposite uh, ends of the building, and there, uh, you know, you can usually hear like the the music for the next match going on in the background because they do these right after the match. Uh, but for whatever reason, this time the two backstage areas were pretty close to each other. So Dean uh, Moxley's up there uh, cutting his post match promo. And uh, you can hear Juice Robinson yelling in the background, <laughs> like as if like he's in like the next room over or something like that. So uh, I thought that was kind of funny. But yeah, Moxley. That's just, awesome. Moxley just talks about, yeah, man. Thank you to New Japan. Thank you for the opportunity. I'm the champ now, and everybody better be fucking ready because I'm going to be training and and uh, ready to kick some ass. So uh, well, yeah. yeah. Did you see the Minoru Suzuki tweet from earlier? Oh uh, no, I missed that. Yeah,
1: he's already calling him out.
0: <coughs> nice. Oh my God, give me that like match. That, like that's
1: that match is going to be insane.
0: Well, I'll, 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 I want to get to my uh, my G one climax speculation a little later, but uh, spoiler for that, I got uh, I got Moxley as a lock for the G one climax. Which I mean, that's not really I mean, that's not really a hot take. That's pretty much what uh, what everybody's assuming uh, at this point, and even people. We're thinking that before this match even. But now even we happened. need
1: now we need that hope story of somebody coming around and beating Moxley in the end.
0: Well, right? How do they push him in the G one? What block is he in? Uh, who's he going to face? You know that that kind of stuff. All these questions will be well, answered probably by next week, hopefully. But, um, and you have to factor in the that. AEW TV is going to be starting in October
1: and obviously he's going to be a big part of that.
0: Oh, obviously. He's a, that's the thing is he is a huge star and uh I, a lot of people are saying, "Well, this is proof that AEW and New Japan are working together." And it's not at that level yet. But I, I, am kind of looking at this for New Japan and AEW as, oh, let's see how this feels. Let's see how this works out. Are you guys going to work with us as far as uh, making guys look good going into their matches and and vice versa, uh, or whatever? Are they going to let John Moxley show up at the uh, at Fighter Fest or whatever with the uh, IWGP US belt? That's a big question. So
1: that'd be cool.
0: Uh well, and even going into a double or
1: nothing a little bit, I think that with like some of the, sh- or just a little bit of showing, like even of what the Stronghearts did in their match, even though they didn't come out on top, those guys looked really good. Like it just, like I, I can see a lot of really good relationships between many companies in AEW.
0: Right, right, yeah, the yeah the the, the 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 stuff with the like you said the strong hearts in Japan. The 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 tough part with the with the New Japan relationship obviously is the the Ring of Honor thing. And does Ring of Honor want to play ball with AEW? And does New Japan want to give up? Because New Japan is very loyal. But what I'm hoping for is the, the the this new leader. Well, he's been there for like a a year and a half now. But uh, the the new uh, uh, what's his name now? I can't remember. Her- May uh, the new guy in charge of New Japan basically is, is he gonna be willing to uh, uh, sacrifice that relationship with Ring of Honor and uh, and join up with with aew which I think would be really really smart obviously I mean it would be it would be it'd be huge for New Japan so uh, and uh, quite frankly, it'd be huge for AEW to be able to bring the New Japan stars in and, and, and feature them on a huge national cable show uh, in the United States. Um well, and I love Ring of Honor, like I really do. I really got into it once
1: we started doing the old podcast, mm-hmm. and like I was watching weekly TV. But it's like, I mean, I see the upside of AEW over Ring of Honor right oh, now. Oh, huge! Like, yeah, I just like it's it's just so much bigger. It's just a bigger entity, and like you said, it'd just be smart.
0: I, I it's it's weird. Like I didn't think I would lose interest in Ring of Honor so quickly after these elite guys left or whatever. But Ring of Honor hasn't done itself any favors. The the Matt Taven is the best of it. I and that's the thing is I I like Matt Taven and I liked that little story. But in the grand scheme of things, to the rest of the world, he doesn't come across like a star. Uh, uh, You know what I'm saying? Well, they're a bunch of Melvins, correct? Uh, But but then, uh, and quite frankly, I saw the Matt Taven thing kind of coming because they were telling that story. Like if you watched the TV, you see the Matt Taven thing. Coming, uh, but but where Ring of Honor really lost me. And, and granted, they tried. They they signed Rush. They signed Jeff Cobb. They got PCO and Brody King, who were you know top uh, rising <laughs> stars. Although I got to say this, Brody King was on the on this Super Junior tour with uh, with Marty Skrull, He really hasn't impressed me yet. He had he had a pretty good match that, that uh, on the final uh, day here on the uh, the best of Super Juniors finals. It was him and Marty versus Okada and uh and uh oh shoot who, who did Okada team ha ha Dix. i guess oh, so i've been waiting so long for that uh god damn it who did Okada team with it was a, it was another uh a junior guy it doesn't matter uh um but uh, uh, what was i saying brody king he had a couple of impressive looking like kind of aerial maneuvers almost working like a junior heavyweight and he got he does that stuff pretty good but uh, there's just like he doesn't have like a, a presence to him. He doesn't have. He's just a big guy with a bunch of cool tattoos. He's a cool looking dude, but I don't see a charisma there. He just doesn't quite connect with me on that level. Anyway, uh, what the hell were we talking about? Oh, Ring of Honor. Where Ring of Honor lost me was that that MSG show just didn't do much for me on the Ring of Honor side of things outside of like the Jeff Cobb match and the latter match, which was good, where they did the championship change for for uh, for Taven. Uh, but in the grand scheme of things, the larger audience—they don't—I don't think they see Taven as a star. To me. The uh, the allure thing, uh, bringing in the quote-unquote beautiful people from TNA, I mean, to me, that was a huge turnoff. It's like, oh, my God, we got Bully Ray in the front office of Ring of Honor now. He's getting more control. He's bringing in his girlfriend. And then you got the incident from <laughs> last weekend that's highly controversial and all over the place where Bully Ray's doing stuff. You got Mandy face facepalming a fan, putting her hands and spitting on a fan. And then, of, of course, you know, fans just – don't be an asshole. Don't 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 be don't be personal in your in your uh, in your in your fucking uh, heckling or whatever. Just all around that whole th- thing was a mess for pretty much everybody involved. I don't want to get into it any more than that. But all yeah, of, I'm good. All of that stuff for me kind of has ended up being a turn off. For for Ring of Honor, like I I think I like I tried watching Ring of Honor two three weeks ago, maybe it was four weeks ago now. I don't remember. And they did a segment with the Allure, and I was like ah fuck this, and I turned it off and went to something else. I was like ah this is just not for me. So you know that's, well, and
1: I completely forgot about the MSG show that that was such a huge deal, and like I I don't remember anything from it honestly.
0: Oh yeah, and the end zone cast thing that just is like how stupid, oh, dear lord, how stupid was that? It's like oh my god. So, Ring of Honor is kind of off my radar right now. Uh, I, I, I'm, so we'll see. Uh, but what were we talking about again? We were uh, well, let's, double or
1: nothing, kind of. Yeah, we we're,
0: were kind of on the Moxley thing. Did you listen to the Moxley podcasts?
1: Yes, I I listened to the Chris Jericho one. I haven't listened to the I think there was
0: two other ones, right? Yeah, well, he did a he did an interview with uh with Wade Keller from PW Torch. It's funny because I'm a I'm a I su- I subscribe to the Torch. So I was able to listen to those uh, unedited, but he he also did them as a free podcast on his on his I think uh, whatever is whatever the Wade Keller pro wrestling podcast I think is what it's called. But on that one he he doesn't want it to be an a quote unquote explicit podcast, so he edited he beeps all all the swear words, and so <laughs> at, eh, at I find point, that entertaining. But so. here's the thing: is at, at one point Moxley is swearing like every every other words fucking this fucking that fucking this fucking that in the middle of the in the middle of the interview. <laughs> And so I, I, I was like, I gotta download this edited version and compare and contrast just to just to test it out. And so I, I downloaded the edited one just to listen, and there were so many swear words that Wade or whoever was editing this thing like missed like three or four of them like in there. Like he'd get one, <laughs> he'd get a shit, but then miss a fuck, and then he'd miss an, another one, and then get another one. And so <laughs> I just and I only listened for like thirty seconds or a minute where he was just throwing out a bunch of f bombs, but I thought that was uh, I thought that was pretty good. But, yeah, I'd say if you listen to the Jericho one and you like that, you're going to get a little bit more from the Wade Keller ones on the Torch uh, he talks about the uh the Brock Lesnar match from WrestleMania and how he had all these great ideas and the stuff that he wanted to do but he wasn't able to do it. He talks about the stone I did read
1: about that and that's just
0: disappointing
1: because I was actually really psyched for that match yeah. I remember it being a letdown.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then he talks about the uh the Steve Austin interview that he did on the you know the stone cold podcast where you know he got a bunch of negative uh negative stuff from that too and he explains that really well too uh so uh, yeah I, I i like those shows he explains everything
1: really well i mean my, yeah. you, you can knock him for swearing or not everybody swears in their everyday life now but like he was just straight up about everything and just not derogatory in any way. Just be like, "This is what happened."
0: Well, and that's everybody's listening to this stuff and just nodding their head along, like, "Yep, that sounds about right." You know, this sounds like WWE. You know, and, and it's funny because a lot of the things that fans are frustrated with are the same things that John Moxley is frustrated with: the scripted promos, the bullshit. <laughs> nothing making sense uh we're halfway through here uh nothing making sense WWE wise so it, 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 on a on a weird level it's like cutting a promo for everything he's doing going forward because he's 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 connecting with the fans that are disenfranchised uh with WWE
1: well yeah i mean with what he went through why wouldn't you be like everyone would be upset in that kind of situation and it's like you just can't believe like you don't think that one man could control all of this but it's like vince just ruins everything
0: <laughs> it's 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 over uh, what do you uh, micromanaging and just yeah being in too much control just controlling well, uh, yeah. and he's just ho- he's just
1: he's just tossing things out there. He's just hoping that one of them sticks, because then he's just like, yeah, I I created that, I did that.
0: Right, right. He's trying to take credit for being a genius uh, if something really works. But the problem is, is yeah, things just aren't really working that much anymore. And granted, he doesn't have a lot of star. Well, I shouldn't say that. He's not pushing the right stars. That's the problem. Uh, so exactly like.
1: Yeah. Uh, I can't, I, I'm not even going to, I'm not going to get that negative. I'm good. I'm good. Let's move on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just before we kind of move on from John Moxley. Uh, so coming up at the uh, next A- AEW show, the uh, uh, fighter fest, he's going to be taking on uh, uh, Joey Janela. Uh, and so on the most recent uh, road to fighter fest, uh, do you know the story? But yeah, I, I, You're not really watching the the. These uh, road to shows and the being the elites, are you? I'm trying to get into them, but no, I haven't. Okay, so do you know the story why this is called Fighter Fest? No. Okay, are you familiar with the uh, the Netflix documentary on the uh, the fire Fest? About the Fire Festival? Yes, yes.
1: Yeah, so, absolutely. So
0: this is a kind of a play on that. This is so that's kind of why they're naming it, they, why they named it Fire Festival. So can, God,
1: I really hope that there's a stand there just giving out cheese sandwiches. <laughs>
0: Well, the uh, if if you if you watch the most recent uh, uh, thing on Cody Rhodes Nightmare Family Channel, they've got kind of the, uh, well the the actual preview came out a, a couple of months ago when they announced Fighter Fest, but they they show a bit of it on uh, on this uh, on the road to Fighter Fest thing on on Cody's channel, but. The, the big thing that we get going back to the Moxley thing and the scripted promos and all the bullshit, we get a really good John Moxley promo talking about himself getting ready to face Joey Janela. Joey Janela, you know, has said in the past that I'm willing to die in the ring. And Moxley's like, well, that was before I came to I- uh, AEW. And now that I'm here, things are going to change. Now
1: you're talking about a guy that doesn't have an off switch. You're talking about a guy who doesn't care if there are children in the audience. I don't care if your grandmother is in the audience. You're talking about a guy who doesn't necessarily care about the referee's discretion. When I get in the ring, when I step through the ropes and the bell rings, you're talking about a guy who doesn't necessarily care about the safety of the athlete. June Hey, Daytona Beach! Equifier Fest. John Moxley, Joey Janella. You're gonna get it right now. Quick, fast, in your face. You give it like Amazon Prime for head trauma.
0: <laughs> Think about it like Amazon Prime for head trauma. I just love that line uh, at, at the end there. But that whole thing, I mean,
1: I just see him pacing the entire yes! time doing that promo, and that makes me so happy that I can just picture it. I have never watched that, and I'm just like, I'm picturing. I'm just because I can hear his voice going in and out. just yes. like he's going. That's the Dean Ambrose slash John Moxley we it, want. It
0: looks like he recorded it in his home gym with. He, there's like a heavy bag in in the background, he, and he's 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 in sweats and he's sweaty, so he looked like he just got done like punching the shit out of the out of the, the the punching bag or whatever and then he's like okay Renee go get my phone we're gonna cut this promo and so, <laughs> and so that's what, <laughs> and then you add the dramatic music and the production or whatever and so yeah it's just it's it's really fun. Everybody should really watch these uh, these nightmare family videos because they're fucking great. Um, let's uh, let's stick with AEW Double or nothing couple weeks ago now um, I don't know I don't know how do you talk about this thing when it's two weeks old, right? Everybody's already talked yeah. about it. But, man, just it, watching it, I, I, I know I, – we haven't talked about it, Joe, but as a former WCW fan, just seeing something on, on this level, this felt like big time American pro wrestling for the first time in 20 years. We, I never got this feeling with Impact or TNA. Ring of Honor never felt like this level, even when they were doing, you know, the MSG show or, or all the stuff with New Japan. Uh, this just had a different feel. What are your thoughts, kind of overall?
1: Oh. I completely agree, and I just – the presentation, I love the heel and the babyface entrances, just kind of pulling in some classic elements without going too overboard with that, you know?
0: Yeah, the tunnels and Um, stuff. Yeah, I love that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just love that. And then, honestly, like, the fact that we – besides, like, the and Elite videos and everything, the Road 2 shows, like, they're – like, they built an entire show uh, without having, like, an actual, you know, weekly television program without any of that. And like whether or not you say it's like a good uh, pay per view or bad, like for me it was just fun. Like I'm not looking for good or bad here. I was just looking to s- hope that they succeed and ha- and like I said, and I had fun.
0: Yeah, you know the only thing that's really coming under a lot of criticism, and I'm included in this, was that pre-show mm-hmm. that battle royal. Was just kind of a clusterfuck, and you know, it just had some comedy moments. There were moments when there's just a bunch of dudes laying around waiting for spots. You got five guys coming out at a time, so nobody really feels like a star, you know. So you got a guy in there with no arms or legs. Well, yeah, he had arms but no legs. But yes, Uh, so so, yeah, there was all of that. So that was kind of a mess. And then you had the segment with the librarians at the on that pre-show, which was just like, what the this? It felt like a really bad WWE skit or something. It was just like, what the fuck? I is enjoyed happening?
1: the librarians. <laughs> uh,
0: I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I had so much fun with that. Well, here's the. Th- I've been thinking about this because uh, uh, this thing has come under so much criticism this pre-show. But this, to, after thinking about this for a couple of weeks, this pre-show was basically for the being the elite fans. This wasn't the typical pre-show that goes on, you know, like, I mean, it did go on, like, YouTube and social media and stuff like that, uh, as well as the BR Live uh, gimmick, but it wasn't, like, on free TV. They didn't throw this thing on TNT in primetime to get people hyped to watch the show. I feel like this was something for the fans that have been following, you know, being the elite. This felt like a live episode of being the elite, right? Because he had all the goofiness in the battle royal. The, the fact that it was a clusterfuck. Uh, you, you did have the the decent singles match between uh, Kip Sabian and uh, and uh, uh, Ha Ha Clinton Dicks. Uh Brandon Cutler? Uh, uh, no, no, no. Kip Sabian and. Uh, why can't I think of the dude's name now? I t- I totally know who you're talking about, but I can't I know picture what, it. Why was, uh, Co- cocky motherfucker. Right, dude. right, right. Anyway, uh, it'll come to me in a bit. Sammy minute. Guevara. Yes, Sammy yeah. Guevara. Thank you. That was a decent uh, little match that they had there, but then you had the thing at the end where they play the Being the Elite intro video and they all come out and they talk and, and stuff, and that just felt like a being the elite segment. So I think what they intended, and I don't know this, just speculation on my part, but I think what they intended for this was to just be, Hey, fans of us, Here's all these crazy goofy wrestlers. We're gonna throw them out here. We're gonna we're gonna have you know we're gonna we're gonna have Sonny Kiss do his thing. We're gonna have Tommy Dreamer come out and do a tribute to 1998 wrestling, and then we're gonna have Hangman come in and and win the whole thing, and then we're gonna have MJF look like a star in the thing because that was oh he looked amazing yeah MJF was definitely the star uh, of the Battle Royal so they 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 got some things right they got some things. I don't want to say wrong, but you know, it wasn't for everybody's taste, but again, and I know, I know we weren't trying to bring it up,
1: but I I want to say the one thing that made me like realize that I'm not going to enjoy any of the Jim Cornette podcast (laughs) was the fact that he blasted the video game entrance. Oh. like he's just like what the what what the fuck is this like with some video game entrances what is this uh, some child's place. I'm just like oh you just don't get it
0: right that was probably something <laughs> made by one of the one of their fans or something you know that's like I, I think yeah, they and the fact that they're all like a good portion of them are actually video game nerds
1: you know it's like right. it factors into their story and it's like why not put that up there
0: oh, and it's not like Tony Khan was paying for that that was the being the that's the, literally the the intro video for being the elite every week on, on their YouTube show. So again, this uh, the pre-show felt like something for the being the elite viewers, something for the uh, for the fans that were tuning in. But the uh, but they were saving all the good stuff for the main show. And I thought the main show overall was again just fucking awesome. I don't want to go through match by match, but. Uh, uh, we talked about MJF feeling like a star in the Battle Royal. I liked the moment, and I haven't heard anybody talk about this, so there's, here comes my hot take. Hot takes coming, people. Oh, man. Uh The, hot se- takes. the segment where they brought Bret Hart out to uh, present the new championship belt, the AEW <laughs> championship belt. Uh, and uh, Hangman Page comes out. MJF comes out and starts talking all this shit. And on the surface it looks like your typical WWE segment where the heel comes out and he talks all this shit and the babyfaces have to listen and look like idiots. Uh, but uh, at the end of it, he, he comes out talks all of his shit, which was great. Great heel stuff. Brett, look out! The fucking fan's gonna come attack you. I love that. <laughs> <fucking bit. laughs> and Brett Hart just fucking smiling at the guy. I, I got a kick out of him. But then, you know, he tries to, he tries to back up and leave and other babyfaces come out and back him up. Hangman Page instead of standing in the ring and watching the heel do his thing at the end of it finally gets out of the ring gets in the fr- gets in this guy's face and they beat the shit out of this guy. So the heel <laughs> the heel eats crow at the end of the segment. It's not just heat for the sake of heat. The babyfaces look good for finally kicking a dude's ass. Like WWE again not to compare, uh, get negative, but there's so much uh, there's so much of that where the heels just get heat and uh, and there's no payoff. At least here we get an instant payoff to all the heat. So that was, I thought an, an interesting contrast to, to what WWE uh, typically I does. I will say
1: that, but except for NXT, because if you watch the NXT TakeOver 25, I love the part with Jackson Riker ripping through everybody in the <laughs> ladder match and then at the end, everybody's just like, oh no, and then they just beat the living hell out of him and true get him out of the match.
0: True story. But yeah. again, NXT. Tip, And when I say, yeah, I think it's, it's important to qualify too. When I say WWE, I'm pretty much saying main roster because you know, yeah. NXT does things different, 205 Live does things different, uh, etc. NXT UK um, you know, th- those are all under a different uh, under uh, different control. I'm, when I say WWE I mean Vince McMahon uh, controlled uh, WWE. There you go.
1: That's the way to say it.
0: Couple other things on w- Double or Nothing uh, Dustin versus Cody, fucking match of the show.
1: Oh man. Oh my god.
0: Uh, the I I never thought of myself as a guy that enjoyed blood in a match, but my God, the blood just added so much to the drama of this match. Uh, Oh, my God, just so perfect. And then, of course, the post-match stuff with Cody saying, I I don't need a partner, I don't need a friend, I need need my older brother. Uh, Everybody's talked about this. Just awesome stuff.
1: Um, Oh yeah. I mean like the story they told and like, again, like we're talking old classic dusty Rhodes style match. And like that couldn't have been a better tribute to dusty Rhodes.
0: Yeah. You know, going back, I think Cody tried to do something very similar to this at all in where he was the one that bled in the match with Nick Aldis and he just didn't quite get the same effect. He couldn't get that crimson mask uh, going. Maybe he didn't take enough aspirins before the match to thin out the blood a little (laughs) bit. Uh, but <laughs> um uh uh so again i don't think you can do you can't do a bloodbath every time out but cody's approach to doing these matches he's really Coming into his own as far as building the drama and uh, uh, and and delivering with the uh, the emotional investment in, in these matches. So, uh, and that, to me, that was something he kind of fell short on when a, when he did stuff in New Japan. And so, but him being able to kind of do it his way, I think, uh, is, uh, is 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 really cool. So.
1: He's built that character like Cody Rhodes is like his own entity now. And that's, that's what he was hoping for. And like, by basically just starting from scratch all over again, he got to build the character and mold it his way. So it's just like you said, it's amazing to see where he's
0: come. A couple other quick things. The story of the, uh, the tag title match between the Lucha brothers and, and, uh, and the young bucks, excuse me. I just I I loved it and, and yeah with their flippy dippy stuff <laughs> But this is, it's an underrated thing that not a lot of people, I haven't heard a ton of people talk about the last, like last week when this was all over the place. People, yes, yeah, it was a great match. A lot of, a lot of cool spots and blah. Th- there was a great story in the match of the young Bucks having not wrestled since January and being green, or not green, but, you know, having the ring rust and not firing on all cylinders. And then by the end of the match, they had their shit together. Uh, best Meltzer ever, uh, <laughs> or uh, Meltzer driver one, two, three. And they, they retain the titles, so I, I just thought it was a great story and a great match, uh, as as well. So, some hard bumps in there, too, on the ring apron. Yeah. Oh,
1: man, I, I, Pentagon is known for that stuff, and I'm just oh man, I, I'll watch Pentagon anywhere, anytime.
0: And then, uh, you mentioned you hadn't had a chance to watch Omega Jericho yet. Go out of your way, man, because it's 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 just so. It, we're, we're, getting, we're getting we're we're winding up to it here. We got 15 minutes left. <laughs> um, uh, Omega Jericho, man, that was just a physical battle, and you got stakes on the line with the winner. You know, go, going on to face Hangman Page. So I-, I was shocked to
1: see who won, though. I gotta be honest with you, that Jericho pulling out the win. I mean, I know he signed and everything, but like. Oh man, just like seeing that Jericho got the win really shocked me and sets up a lot of stories.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, that's the thing. Now you got you got you got Kenny Omega chasing. You got Kenny Omega, he's going to have to face John Moxley at some point for this heinous attack and 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 and, and you know, uh, uh attitude adjusting him off the top of the 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 poker chips on stage basically. Uh well, and I I like that again that John Moxley
1: being what he is he didn't just attack one of them he attacked them both
0: <laughs> right 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 but since since jericho's preoccupied with the championship you can pause on that story uh, until it makes more sense to uh, to tell it so uh yeah just fucking phenomenal show uh let's uh let's kind of move on you brought up NXT takeover let's hit on a couple of things there yeah again like oh, the ladder ladder match the ladder match yeah just amazing um what do you what do you think about the street profits winning there
1: oh i actually really love it because i've been on the street profits wagon and i know i said i never will do it but next week
0: i will stir the pot for you guys (laughs) (laughs) very very nice i man i was rooting for one and two in that thing uh i i have been rooting for one
1: one and two, but like I love the story that they've been telling with the street profits. That anytime yeah. someone's been like, you know what, we're number one. Street profits just show up, going hey, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> we're the street profits. We're we're gonna do what we want. So yeah, we don't like what you're saying. And there's always gonna be. Did you watch the? Uh, I was gonna say, did you watch the exclusive of them in the back? Uh, the no, I don't think so. It's just a small interview, but like the just the fact that like the, the cameraman that's been. Filming all their promos for like NXT and everything is like back there. He's just like, you've been with us since day one. Been with us since day one. Get, get in the camera, get in the shot. Like, <laughs> it's it's just
0: it's really fun. Like go back to enjoy that one. Sure, sure, sure. Well, it, I, I was gonna say uh, I, there's always gonna be a soft spot in my heart for Kyle O'Reilly with a championship belt in his hand, so he can do his his air guitar. Uh, yeah, on but his if entrance. anything, he's all star of the match. Oh my god, he's so. Fr- Watching that match made me miss. Kyle O'Reilly singles matches like oh I just I want more Kyle O'Reilly in my life well, and, it, and that's almost one of those few times where you're sad. It's like, unless it's going to be
1: a takeover match, we're probably not going to get the Kyle O'Reilly we want.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah. Ugh. But at least we got a really good Roderick Strong match, that one with uh, with Matt Riddle. I loved that match because it's like Roderick Strong was just running circles around Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle looked like he was gassed and tired, but then, you know, came out, came from behind and, and got the win. But just it had that real feel in it of like, because he was getting red in the face and Roderick fucking he's like i can go all fucking night motherfucker so i, I just i just gotta i just love that match oh yeah I, every, oh, man it, the,
1: the thing about like it, every match i see matt Riddle in, it's almost like he gets a little bit better every single time oh sure especially in the ring i mean he's i know he wrestled all over the world he's really upped his experience but like his entire character calling out brock on twitter constantly like Everything about him is awesome. I mean the flip I love the flip flops thrown in Roderick's <laughs> face at the beginning of the match. Like I I he's gonna be NXT champ soon. I don't want him to ever leave NXT.
0: I didn't get a chance to watch this week, so I haven't been able to to kind of watch any follow-up of the stuff that happened last week on the on the main show. but uh, Nothing
1: really nothing really happened. They did their normal where they did a couple matches from the actual arena sure, and did sure. a recap. There, there's a really good Bianca Belair, Mia Yim a rubber match. I, did I the, suggest going out to see that. I
0: did see the spoiler on that one, but yeah, that, I definitely want to check that out. But uh, kind of what I wanted to follow up on is it kind of felt like we might have had two double turns. Not too much in the Velveteen Dream and Tyler Breeze match, but I think Tyler Breeze might be going for more of a heel thing now that he's back in NXT because the Tyler Breeze of old kind of feels like Velveteen Dream Light. So, But obviously, I think he's going to work on doing something different so he can get back to the main roster. Uh, but definitely in the EO Shirai and uh, Shayna Baszler match, it was like, okay, there's something going on here because Shayna got like a, a, a pretty credible looking win over EO. And then EO flipping out after the match and just hauling off. with with a kendo stick, to me, it it felt a little heelish. I don't know. What do you think of of that?
1: I actually didn't get that at all because, again – I watched the, I happened to see the exclusive, uh, or this week's with the exclusive behind, you know, after the match yep, interview, yep. and it literally alls hers was, is I'm not done with Shayna, she's not done with me, kind of thing, like, that's it, and she walks away, I see it more of just, uh, she's sick of the bullshit, and like, it's, I think she's still a babyface, and I just think she just lost it, she just, you know, and it was a good NXT moment
0: for TakeOver. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Adam Cole as champion, I like it. Uh, it fe- it feels like a lo- there's a chunk of the audience that sees um, uh, Johnny Gargano kind of on the heel side of things now, which I don't he did a really good job of that uh, when he was d- d- still in the thing with Champa. so that might be the way to go uh, with him, and I really think Adam Cole and Undisputed Era are going to have to go babyface pretty soon because everybody fucking loves uh, that group. I don't know, what are your thoughts?
1: Oh, I think the same thing. I mean, Undisputed Era, like, it, listen to that crowd with that Adam Cole, baby, at yeah. the end. Whether or not, you know, that's his signature thing, that entire arena was blowing off the top. And it didn't matter if Johnny Gargano won or if Adam Cole won. They were going to get a big reaction with the match that they had. Sure, sure, sure. But- Adam Cole I love Adam Cole like he's been amazing ever since Ring of Honor and everything he's done in NXT is great so I love the fact that he hasn't gone up yet you know he's been North American champion he's been tag champ he's now NXT champ he's what was it I think only one other person's done that already. And I can't remember who.
0: I don't know. All right, I'm going to move on. I've got some some G1 speculation, and we've got uh, Dominion coming up this Sunday. This Sunday is Dominion already. The second biggest New Japan show of the year, uh, probably outside of the G1 finals, uh, is coming up uh, this weekend. So let's quickly run through that card and kind of preview that. Opening match, John Moxley taking on Young Lion's Shota Umino. Uh, <laughs> a squash match, obviously, but uh, that should be a lot of fun. I saw someone speculate. He's going to beat the hell out of him. Yeah, and that's... Yeah, but here's the thing is, Umino has been really fucking awesome lately. Does Moxley give a little something some to Umino in the match? Uh, or, or, you know, what comes of that? But, uh, uh, yeah, that should be a lot of fun. Um, and then... Uh, Oh, I, I saw somebody speculate on Twitter, too, that Moxley should beat Shota so bad that he doesn't come out and do the young lion duties later in the show like they usually do. Like, he just stays away for the rest of the night, which I thought would be a, that's, that'd be an interesting little uh, touch of, of Otherwise, um, you can send him out with a ton
1: of, like, bandages or in a sling, you know, <laughs> right. but, but because he's a young lion, he's still got to work it, you know. Right. He's, 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 you know, fuck that. can take that a different way. Fuck
0: that. You're hurt. Get out there and work anyway, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> uh the second match satoshi kojima our buddy in the bread club is taking on junior heavyweight superstar coming uh, j- coming off of his first loss shingo takage this really feels like a g1 qualifiers match uh as i as i kind of speculated on i really think I, I think shingo wins this and ends up in the g1 actually uh so uh, that would I, be
1: I, i'm i'm not going to complain with that that and Every once in a while, you know the, the Kojima, he can pull out a hard-hitting match and with Shingo. That could be just back and forth, just beating on each other.
0: Absolutely. I think this is a very interesting matchup here. Uh, then we got some uh, some tag matches here. I'm going to kind of skip through some of this stuff here. We'll get to the good stuff at the top of the card. Tomohiro Ishii. Don't sleep on this one, people, just because he's taken on Tai Chi. This is for the Never Openweight Championship, and it's fucking Ishii. He can have a great match with anybody just like Will Ospreay, so this could probably be pretty damn good. Uh, so... Tai Chi defending his championship for the first time after winning it from Jeff Cobb. You still hate him? No, man, I'm into it, man. I've been I've been into Tai Chi lately. So uh, he's a great heel, and he's and he's getting better, and uh, he's he's been having some decent matches for a shitty heel lately. So. Uh, I've always kind of been on on Tai Chi's uh, wagon a little bit. It's it's the rest of the internet that's like fuck this guy. I'm 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 kind of pro. I'm not like super ch- Tai Chi, but I'm uh, I'm into it. Uh, Gorilla's a destiny taken on evil and Sonata. This feels like the hundredth time we've seen this for the IWGP Tag <laughs> Team Championships, but uh, they usually put on pretty good matches. I guess we will see. Uh, how this? They gotta build some tag teams in NJPW. Yeah, yeah the heavyweight side it's become pretty repetitive. So then the uh, of course what we've been building up to and with the best of the super juniors, Will Osprey taking on Dragon Lee again. The momentum, all the momentum is behind Osprey. I don't think you can have Dragon Lee beat Osprey here. I think Osprey wins. I think he goes on to uh, to. Uh, Excuse me, I think he goes on and, and and he's in the G1. I think he deserves to be in the G1 both... Uh, uh, just performance-wise and storyline-wise. This guy was the never-open weight champion uh, earlier this year. And so with him beating Kota Ibushi at the Tokyo Dome, they've told that story. He talked about in his post-match promos that he wants to raise the, 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 the profile of the junior division by taking on heavyweights and defeating heavyweights. So that's the story they're telling. So it just feels like the natural oh, I way hate to go.
1: All I hear there is that there's a possibility of seeing Shingo versus Osprey again. So yes, yeah,
0: there you go. There's that, and uh, the, the the fact that you could get Will Osprey and Kota Ibushi again, and then all the other fresh heavyweight matchups. Don't forget about that, of course. Um, uh, then you've got uh, Kota Ibushi and Tetsuya Naito for the IWGP Champion or uh, Intercontinental Champion. Our Intercontinental Championship, uh, the third match between these guys this year, just a, a oh my God, this, these battles that these two have had, this should be another uh, crazy great match. And then, of course, Chris Jericho taking on Okada in the uh, f- uh, for the championship. How, I mean, I don't think it's going to happen, but how nuts would it be if they do like what they did last year, and this is, th- how smart is this? Last year... Okada defeats Naito for the Intercontinental Championship and disappears for six months and doesn't defend the belt doesn't do the G1. What if he does the same thing with the fucking IWGP Championship? What if he def- he beats Okada <laughs> takes the IWGP Championship to fucking AEW and becomes the AEW on tour. He could, he's, he's got a legit chance to become the AEW and IWGP champion at the same time. How insane would that be? Going into fucking live TV oh. on TNT, then you can have Okada come into fucking TNT and beat Jericho and win his championship back.
1: I can't believe they're <laughs> gonna be on TNT. That just makes me so happy. Isn't that fucking great? It's gonna be like the. It's gonna be the old days until SmackDown goes to Fox and stuff. Oh, I love but it. It's just, it's just so fun. Like I can't wait.
0: Uh, but okay. So I don't think Jericho is going to win, but man, what a fun story! I love Okada just no selling this dude because Okada in a in a post match promo, uh, Jericho you know sends his his video in or whatever, and he's Jericho's like I'm gonna I'm the pain maker now and I'm coming for your title and Okada's like what what even is a pain maker? Fuck this guy! I'm gonna <laughs> fucking whoop your ass! Don't even don't don't talk to me. Two minutes remaining. Holy cow. Okay. Oh boy. So here's my G1 speculation, Joe. Okay. So you got 20 guys in the G1 climax. I have 17 names as locks for the G1. This is who I've got. I've got Okada, of course, Tanahashi, Kota Ibushi, Tetsuya Naito, Jay White, Tomohiro Ishii, Juice Robinson, Hiroki Goto, Minoru Suzuki, Evil, and Sonata. Tai Chi, in his first ever G1 Climax, because he's been a, a never-open weight champion, or is the current never-open weight champion, so he should be in it. I've got Will Ospreay as, a, as as the 13th lock. Just him running through that tournament in that way and being a never-open weight champion. I thought that, that's that got to happen. Now that John Moxley's the U.S. champ, firmly uh, I firmly believe that he will be in the thing. I think Jeff Cobb is in this thing because he got a nice oh, yeah. little... You got a nice little story between uh, Osprey and Jeff Cobb in there uh, with uh, Osprey losing his never championship to Cobb. So I got Cobb in as the only Ring of Honor lock. Zack Sabre Jr., of course, and then Shingo Takagi. I think he defeats... Kojima. So that only leaves us with three spots. I got a bunch of names as potentials here. Uh, I'm only going to go through a couple of them. Yoshi Hashi, who's been in the tournament a bunch of times in the past. I'm not really a huge fan of that, but you gotta have guys in there to lose. Of course, Toru Yano, who's been in a bunch of these. And again, guys that can lose. I think Toa Hanare is a good name as a guy who's a slightly above Young Lions status, loses a bunch of matches, and will probably lose all of his matches in the G1. But he, he puts on really good matches. He's had a couple of decent matches, really good matches, actually, with uh, Tomohiro Ishii in the past uh, uh, six months or two, a year or so. So that's kind of my, my speculation uh, on the G1. Uh, also, Tamatanga's been in 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 the past, and of course my guy, my bread club Satoshi Kojima, he should be in this thing, right? But uh, unfortunately, obviously, unfortunately, with uh, with uh, with Takagi possibly beating him, I don't know if he's going to make it in or not. Uh, but I'd love to see the bread club well represented in the G1. So, ah. Oh, I wanted to keep going here. We're out of time. Joe, any final thoughts on a bunch of shit I just said?
1: <laughs> uh honestly, like I can't wait for the G1 this year. Like I'm going to try to watch as much as possible, but I there's no way I can get in as many matches as you.
0: <laughs> well, that's it's always a struggle keeping up with these tournaments because uh, my god, there's you know five matches every other day. Uh, one other only other point I wanted to make, don't forget night one of the g1 is in Dallas and so <laughs> and, oh, and nice and and this thing hasn't sold out yet so bringing in a guy like John Moxley is gonna be huge for New Japan and trying to sell out that building so uh, we're gonna know a ton more next week they'll probably name the names of who's all in the G1 at Dominion or shortly thereafter. So Sunday, uh, when the Sunday when this show airs, we uh, might know a lot more. And then the, probably in the next couple of days after that, we'll get who's in the block. So let the G1 speculation begin uh, for all of that. So I'm super excited already. Gonna have to write me up a bracket. For sure, for sure. All right, before we get out of here, let's talk about Bread Club some more. Let's get our Kojima tweet of the week in. Now it's time for the Satoshi Kojima tweet of the week. Mind, of course, you can follow Kojima on Twitter at cozy underscore lariat. Kojima says, Good morning. Breakfast is bread. Butter and strawberry jam. This is the strongest. Try it out for everyone. I will fight again today. Hashtag NJPW. Hashtag Satoshi Kojima. Hashtag... Bread Club. <laughs> Hashtags that are name? <laughs> when you're when you're Japanese, you hashtag your name. I I guess I don't know. Uh, good to know. <laughs> so uh, yeah. Anyway, so that's the show. Check out their, our uh, social media links or be in the description. All of our Twitter stuff. Uh, podcast at gmail.com if you want to email the show for some reason if you got topics you want us to cover but we only have an hour there's not enough time we've gone over the hour today for crying out loud uh, but yeah follow me at Tommy Striker Joe where can people follow you
1: oh you can follow me on Twitter at Joe smtlp or smtlpod <laughs> <laughs>
0: I actually
1: don't even remember.
0: (laughs) I think it's just SMTLP. Anyway, link in the description of the show. Uh, Anyway, uh, yeah, that's it. Bye. (laughs) Peace. (laughs) Thank you for your cooperation. Good night. Good morning. Breakfast is bread, butter, strawberry and or er, butter and strawberry jam. God damn it. Let me start this thing over. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. I just fuck it. Hold on.
1: It's hard to read broken English. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Here we go.